How hard can it be? Rubbish, 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 rubbish. Okay, how long do you want me to keep saying rubbish? This is Sledge and Hammer, the automotive-infused podcast brought to you by the Court of Nerds. The opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts alone, and not reflexive of the rest of the Court of Nerds, nor Elon Musk and his perambulations. Now buckle up, because these two believe that any restaurant can become a drive-thru if you go fast enough. Kevin and Stacy. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Sledge and Hammer. I'm Kevin, and sitting in the motor state is my co-host Stacy. Give him hell, Stacy. Hey everyone, how's it going? And you know what, Stacy? We have doubled our fan base. Woo! Yeah, Facebook friend Rob. Yeah, he likes our show. So uh, if we continue at this rate, let me carry the one. We should be popular as Motor Trend in about eight years. Sign me up. Yeah, all right. Uh, The only way to get at it is by going into our first segment, which is news. Stacy, what have you brought to the news segment today? Well, I saw this fantastic little video of the Bandit Trans Am that somebody has built. And there are, I guess, 77 of them produced. And uh, it's it's very interesting to look at because yeah. they it's like they, they took the Trans Am and they manufactured parts themselves. They changed the headlights. They updated it. It's got a ridiculous amount of horsepower to it. I, I've i never been a Trans Am person. I just feel no connection to them. I'm a 60s Camaro, Chevelle, like give me those cars. Not a, I've never been big on the Trans Ams. I've ridden in one, which is really sweet. Um, but I just, it, you know, the sounds and the noise and the speed, that's great. I don't feel a connection with them. So I don't. I don't know how they're doing this. It looks like it's maybe a company that is just doing, they're restoring an old Trans Am body and fixing it up. I, I don't know what your take is on what you saw. Yeah, uh, the, the video and and who, of course, hosted that video? Burt Reynolds. Mustache himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, uh, it definitely had that... Uh, at least in my mind, the 80s kind of Trans Am feel to well, it's it. It's got that, and, that front nose on it. Yeah, yeah. And here, <laughs> oh, the Firebirds uh, from that era uh, and the the knockoffs that Pontiac uh, tried to, to sell off along those lines. My mom had a Pontiac Sunfire. Mm-hmm. That also had the like little Firebird, but it was smaller on the hood. Everybody was trying to cash in on that, weren't they? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, where they get the parts, I mean, GM parts are pretty standard and you can find them still. Uh, but an engine like that, I mean, they might have had to machine their own engine. And that takes dedication. Uh, it looks beautiful. I haven't heard it. And I know we've talked about that before where uh, you'll tell me about a new car and you'll go through all the specs and everything. And my response is, but does it sound good? Is it a V8? Because if it's not a V8, I'm going to question if it sounds good. Oh, but come on. Sometimes V8s can be a little shouty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not just the engine. There's more to the sound than just that, but it starts with the engine. So if you have a if you start with a V8, if if you screw it up, I'm gonna put that on you, not on, not on the engine. You you've done something to make it sound whiny. So I, I take it that you're not a proponent of digitally created engine noise. Oh, okay. See, I have such a hard time with this, and I know we're getting a little off topic because, like, going to the drag strip. I love that. I love the very visceral experience of the just massive cams. And, I mean, it's just so much fun. But I also have this, this duality to my personality where I love, like, yeah, give me, like, give me more power. Give me more sound. I want to be shoved into the back of my seat and not be able to move. But I don't want you to kill the environment while you do it. <laughs> so I love I love the idea of electric cars. I think they're fantastic. They're coming a long way. The Remick Concept 1, Tesla's doing their Roadster. I mean, there's all of these great, and there's so many other ones. The the something owl, I can't even remember what the brand is. Well, and the uh, the new Jaguar I-Pace. Yes, which, which I, is actually beating Tesla the Model in X. 0 to 60. Um in, in both getting there and stopping distance. So yep. it, it doesn't, I'm not excited about it. I like the Teslas. There's something about the styling of the Tesla and maybe it's because they were there first. So they have like, they have my heart and because, you know, Elon Musk and I are on, you know, we're personal friends. But <laughs> there's something about the Teslas I really like, but I miss like, when I see an electric car do zero to 60, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. But when you go to a drag strip and you see them squeal their tires and the, the, just the massive sound, there is something. It's like when you're eating food, something that just blows your mind. It's got that umami is what they call it, umami. And Unagi? The, unagi, whatever it is. It's like, I'm missing that. I need that extra level. Okay. And so, to, like, manufacture car sounds like Linkin Park is apparently doing. I'm just like, I really need to hear it before I make a decision on it. Because my initial reaction is, that's going to sound like shit. Just give me a V8. <laughs> so you, you, you're saying you want your mind blown. So uh, I, got a, yeah. I got a little segment. I sent you some pictures earlier. Yeah. Uh, of a newest uh, SUV. So as uh-huh. you know, every car manufacturer needs an SUV. Guess what <laughs> car brand uh, is coming out with one? <sighs> Aston Martin. Aston Martin will launch an SUV in 2019, and it'll be called the Verikai? 
I'm thinking Verkai? that. Verkai? <laughs> I think it's Verkai. Verkai. Uh, the S and SUV will join existing luxury performance SUVs like the Lamborghini Urus and the Bent, the Bentley Bentagaya, uh, or Bentega. I don't know. As well as upcoming models like the Rolls Royce uh, Cullinan. Again, don't know how to pronounce that. What are these? An unnamed names? Ferrari SUV, which might bring about the end of the world. A Ferrari SUV? Are you kidding me? Up until now, we have been referring to Aston's SUV as the DBX. I never thought it would actually come out. Uh, Why did you yeah, not think it, it was going to come out? Uh, because it's Aston Martin. It's James Bond. Is there anything less James Bond than an SUV? Well, yeah, but if you look at the pictures, uh, look at the pictures. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't. It's a right, car let, with massive wheels. <laughs> yeah. Let so yeah. Let's let's explain it. You you uh, you had some critiques of these pictures. <laughs> critiques or criticisms? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Little. Yes. All yes. right. So the the first thing you said, like those tires are so big and it's raised up so high, and I'm like, well, that's because it's an SUV. Mm-hmm. And you were like, but you know. Why a two-door SUV? Yeah, why? why? a two-door SUV? Porsche, Porsche doesn't have a two-door SUV. They went with a four-door. The Lambo, it's a four-door. Why did Aston Martin do a two-door SUV? Is it only a two-seater? No, it's, it is, uh, and if you look in the, there appears to be three seats uh, in the back that are staggered. So. Oh, uh, yeah, it, now I see it. Yeah, and so it's, it's a five-seater. So it's got essentially three rows of seats uh, <laughs> that have... Uh, with with leg room in the back for a 10-year-old. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's an Aston, so what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you, you said, well, get rid of the giant tires and lower it to the ground. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, that's, that's, that's a fastback. Uh, and fastbacks can't see over the, the Porsche Macan that's next to you. Yeah, but why do you need to see... Uh, why do you need to see over it if you're past it? Oh, that's a that's a very good point. Uh, it is an Aston Martin, uh, so I'm sure it will have some big performance. Uh, I think it's the, got a V8 in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, weird side note: uh, the Verakai is also the name of a show performed by Cirque du Soleil. Um. I don't know why they decided to go with that name. <laughs> uh, apparently, they want to bring up uh, images of naked people contorting. <laughs> Let's talk about these seats, though, because I have never in my life seen seats like this. What? What is going on? It's, yeah, they, it's all they pieced almost together, and it's like, it's like a steel seat with a leather over it. Uh, and and uh, uh, dear listeners, Rob, Drew, uh, you guys <laughs> go and, and, and just look up pictures of the Aston Martin uh, Verakai uh, and see for yourself that the interior, the dashboard to me looks amazing because it's so minimalist. Yes. It's got like this crushed velvet uh, and this rich leather uh, kind of ensconces 
various bits uh, around the dash, the steering column, uh, as well as the seats. And what you were saying about the the leather in the seats, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it almost as looks as if the seats themselves don't move, but the pedals and the steering column do. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Again, this is this is scheduled to come out in 2019. So, we're looking at a nigh-finished product, but, you know, stuff you can think, change. Do you think Ben would fit in that car? That's I whenever I hear like, well, I think the Ford GT500 has that too where you move, you don't move, you move the car around you to make yes. it fit. And the only thought I have is, okay, so in a regular car, We'll say, like, I drive a Ford Escape. Right. I can move my seat up, down, tilt it backwards, forwards, and move it forwards and backwards. It's, I have a lot more variables that I can change my experience of the car, but it's like once you reach, once you reach a certain level, the car manufacturer is just like, we don't care about you. <laughs> we want the car to be good. You have to fit into the car. And... Uh- yeah, I think that's a very good point. Uh, one reason, especially for performance cars, like moving seats around and stuff like that takes a lot of heavy electronics. And so they're not going to, they're going to cut down on weight uh, by, you know, getting rid of that kind of stuff. And like putting cheap handles like the Ford GT500. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I think, didn't Jeremy Clarkson try and drive that? And he's like, I don't know what this this plastic bit is here that you move the pedals around. <laughs> right. Or the, the shoestrings that sometimes you use to close doors. Yeah. The, oh <laughs> the, the interior of this car though, to me does look very posh. Uh, I think it would very fit posh. well inside the Aston Martin line. I just don't like the idea of an Aston Martin SUV, but even it's... one that looks like a car. because it does it looks like a car i mean and i'm not i'm not saying it it's not pretty yeah because it's an aston martin and that's sacrilege (laughs) so so what you're saying is get rid of the big tires drop it down make it a fastback and have it compete with the porsche panamera and get rid of the back seats but then it kind of defeats the they're trying to compete with porsche and i actually i know i'm gonna shock you here I actually kind of like the Porsche SUV. Like uh, the, it's, the Macan or the Cayenne? The Cayenne. Hmm. I, I kind of dig on it. It's It doesn't have the big bulgy eyes that like the 911 have. I don't really care for the 911. Um, but I, I mean, I love Aston Martins. They're, they're beautiful. I'll give them that they're beautiful. I just don't understand this. I will say... Love the rear end of this SUV. Like when mm-hmm. I look at it from the back corner, the light bar on the back, I mean, it's it's beautiful. But I feel like they tried to do some weird crossover and it's not an SUV. It looks like a Honda Cross Tour missing a door. <laughs> and that's just like the, it, it is two doors and the doors are very long. Huge. They're and huge. So, uh, and it's not like they going up or scissor door even, they open up like a normal car door, except slightly elevated too. I mean, if you're going to do it, why not just do it? 
put yeah, put what, a Gullwing door on it. That'd be sweet. Tesla uh, did it. Yeah, or, or scissor door it, like like a Lambo. You know, Just I could deal go, with that. Yeah, make it go up and down. Uh, but anyway, uh, that that is my bit of news. Beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining, but why is Goat in the trunk? Sneaking people into the drive-in is a time-honored tradition. Yeah, Red, don't you know nothing? All right, so uh, on to our next segment, topics. So, Stacy, I was thinking of something fun to talk about that might get even our two listeners, or, or even <laughs> maybe some more listeners, involved, too. You know how when you were young and bored, you and your friends might find themselves playing silly games or silly what-if games? Well, I always kind of liked the Mary Fuck Kill game. You Who pick didn't? three celebrities, one to spend the rest of your life with, one to have a torrid affair with, and one to put six feet under. So I figured, why not try that for cars? But you couldn't call it MFK because, as we found out last episode, getting freaky with your car will get you fired from Ford. <laughs> So, I figured we'd call it Buy, Borrow, and Break, or BBB, or 3B, or whatever. So, let's alternate back and forth, uh, starting with which car would you like to marry? I, I, I mean, buy. And why would you buy it? Alright, so, I am a planner, and of course I've already planned my next car. Ever practical, <laughs> uh... I like when practicality and design come together to form something beautiful. To me, my Ford Escape, it's not showy. It looks nice. It's balanced. But it is so freaking practical. I don't know how they could have made that car more practical. Maybe I could have gotten the V6 instead of the whiny little four-cylinder that I have. That may have been a little bit better, but for my lead foot, it's probably good that I went with the four. Um... If I could marry, I mean, buy a car, <laughs> it's going to be a late 70s Land Cruiser FJ40. Ooh. Because it's, I love the square design because you get maximum area. You can fit anything in a square. So it's right. easy to stack boxes if you need to move. For me, it's stashing gear when I go backpacking or camping. I can put a, a camper on the top of it, just a little pop-up tent. It's it's rugged. I can fix it with a wrench. Uh, if you get a diesel, you basically need, what, a filter when you're yep. out? Easy for me to fix. So it's practical. It's got a wrench on the front, big-ass mud tires. You can do city driving. You can go out and do a two-track if you want. So I love the practicality, and it's so pretty to look at. There's just something about that, that Land Cruiser look pre- 87-ish. Once they got into the 90s, it started getting a little weird. But I like the 70s style SUVs, Land Cruiser in particular. So that's my buy. I will buy that car 100% in the next uh, five years. I will have one of those. Well, all right. Uh, I think that probably says a lot about you, Stacy. Uh, might actually say a bit about me because I, I feel I'm not a ton of the far off. Uh, like, well, much like when you're looking for a partner to spend your life with, you have certain criteria that needs to be met. Mm -hmm. Easy to maintain, 
Looks good no matter the age. Reliable and not prone to breakdown. It has to survive all conditions and won't get jealous when you look at another car with a drop top. I... I mean... uh, I pick the Jeep Wrangler. It's not overly expensive. Parts are cheap and maintenance is easy. Uh, You can take it just about anywhere, just not at very high speeds because you don't want those panel gaps to open up. Uh, It can haul your family around as well as any tools that you might need, like a wood chipper. Shut up. People need wood chippers. Plus, it's American, kinda. And people will think you're patriotic, even if the Italians own it. So, you want a partner that's easy to maintain? I feel like we need to talk about that. (laughs) Uh, Does your wife know this? uh, As soon as she finds that partner, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh, Steph, Stacey, what is your borrow? My borrow, if anybody has ever listened to me talk about cars, this will come as no surprise. Uh, Honda NSX. All the way. I would love to borrow that car. It's fast enough without me potentially killing myself like uh, Richard Hammond likes to do. (laughs) And it's beautiful. Who wouldn't want something beautiful? It sounds great. It looks swanky, but it's kind of understated. I I love it. I think it's a beautiful car. And I got to see one at uh, the auto show in Grand Rapids here. And I accidentally ran into somebody because I was trying to take a picture of it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, it's just it's a beautiful car. And she was like, oh, girl, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say in the States, I, I do like that it has the Acura badge on it. Uh, the It feels pretentious when I see an <laughs> well, Acura it, badge. It better be. It's expensive enough to be pretentious. Yeah, but it's a, it's a Honda. Like it's all smoke and mirrors. Just put a Honda badge on it. What's I yes, the Acura badge is a little bit swankier. It's got amazing branding, but it's it's a Honda. Like it's it's a Honda. Oh, I, I you know, agree to disagree. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can be wrong. No. So, uh my borrow. <laughs> This is where things get complicated for me. Uh, Now, one might be convinced to pick the sexiest, most relevant celebrity to bed. But at one time, Charlie Sheen was a heartthrob. And if you ended up with him uh, one night, you might regret it later on in life. Uh, Let's be honest. Sure, I'd love to be friends with an owner of an Alfa Romeo 4C Spider and put it sideways on a mountain turn... But that's dangerous, and it's a bit too current. And as we know, sleeping with, you know, Charlie Sheen can be dangerous, even if he's not too current. So uh, I'd go classic. Uh, The 1968 Jaguar E-Type. Enzo Ferrari called the E-Type the, quote, most beautiful car ever produced, end quote. Enzo knew a thing or two about beautiful cars. Plus... It's a jag. <laughs> Who can say no to a jag? It, <laughs> All right, I Stacey, like it. What car I would like you it. like to bust up? I still see these on the road, and it I get upset when I see them. It really hurts my feelings that people would do such a thing to a car. Like, If I had the money, I think I would buy them just to take them to the junkyard. They're hideous. I hate them. 
why would anybody in their right mind build something like the Toyota Echo? <laughs> why? Every time I see it, and I, it's like my eye is is trained on them now, and I don't understand it because they're not beautiful. They are so plain, so hideous, and why would you make something ugly a two-door? It's not sporty. <laughs> why would you do that? It is, it's just hideous. I hate it every time I see one, and they're so skinny, too. Like, when you, my, my escape is not very wide. But I'm sitting behind a Toyota Echo and I'm looking at it. I'm like, do normal people fit in that car? Like, how how do they get their hips in the seats? Because it is tiny. Tiny and ugly. Uh, I can't argue with you there because I agree. They they are terrible looking uh, and have no get up to boot. No, and they've got the speedometer in the center of the console. Yep. So when you're driving, you have to look to the right to see how fast you're going. I don't, I don't, get I don't it. understand. It's not practical. It's not even really usable in a safe way, and it's hideous. Like just, oh, I instead of them destroying caravans on Top Gear, I want to see them destroy Toyota Echoes just for my own personal enjoyment. Uh, I could get behind that if it weren't for my own personal choice. Which is what? Well, you know, sometimes how you hate a celebrity because of the sheer fact that so many people love him or her. And it's usually because it's people that you can't stand love that celebrity. Sometimes there are just cars that you hate just because of the kind of people that drive them. Now, you might think I mean something like a BMW M3 with a douchebag doctor behind the wheel (laughs) or an old guy in a Porsche Boxster that didn't have enough money for a 911. No, for me, it's the Volkswagen Jetta. Throughout all history, throughout all time, no matter the year, no matter the style, Jetta drivers are the worst. They ignore stop signs. They text on their phone. They can't stay in their lane. I will destroy these people's preferred method of perambulation in hopes that they would keep off the road. And if you think I'm being trite or unfair because the only place you drive your jet is between the dog park and spin class, understand <laughs> that if I agree with you, we'd both be wrong. Oh, 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 oh boy. <laughs> what? I hate Jettas. Is it, is it the person that you hate or is it the car? It's the, it's the kind of driver that is in a Jetta. Like, the Jetta themselves, for the most part, they're, they're kind of boring. Well, yeah. Uh, and that was kind of Volkswagen's selling point for the longest time, is it's like the most Japanese-German car you can find. <laughs> you know, it's economical. You know, it, it, it is get good mileage. It's, you know, doesn't break down and stuff like that. But the type of people that drove it throughout every facet of my life, I hate them. Even worse than Beamer drivers. Uh, yeah, because uh, now there there are different types. Like I said, an M three driver, they're 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 douchebags. Uh, so not only driver, not only the brand, it's the model of Beamer that bothers you. Yes, yes. Uh, the like because there are some really good Beamers out there. Like the BMW i eight, I absolutely love. You know. I think it's a gorgeous looking car, you know, uh, and there are, there are a few other, 
uh, Beamers and stuff out there that I can get behind, like uh, some of their niche cars, you know, like a Z1. Uh, those are really cool. Uh, I like the i8. I'll give you that. But but that's nothing... not something that like most people are going to drive on the road, you know. Like <laughs> right. So they don't get it. They don't piss me off. Who's going to drive an i8? So you don't know. But the the M3 Beamer drivers, because to me, if I see a Beamer, in fact, I had one this week cut me off, and it wasn't just like. Oh, okay, you're a car length ahead of me. It was, I couldn't see his tail light when he cut me off from the left. Like, <laughs> okay, buddy, like, whoa, you're way too close. It's always Beamer drivers for me. It's very interesting that you say the Jetta because I know multiple people who absolutely adored their Jetta. Yeah. And they are both the biggest grandma drivers that... I have ever ridden with. And that's, but, but that's kind of the... <laughs> That's kind of the point, too, is like, yeah, they're grandma drivers because they don't pay attention to the world around them. When it's always, it's always a stick shift. Yeah, oh, I wanna, absolutely. I want a Jetta with a stick shift. or like, And you'll hear that GTI. grind. <laughs> like, they, they immediately go from second to fourth, you know? <laughs> Man, you're digging hard on those. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, that is our... Uh, Triple B or buy, uh, borrow and break, uh, dear listeners. Uh, we're, when we post this up, feel free to put your three cars that you would like to marry, fuck, kill, uh, on our Facebook page uh, or on our Twitter stream. Uh, but to close out the episode, let's go to where uh, I know we all want to go, and it's to find out how Stacy feels about the new season of Top Gear. Oh, yes. Uh, I am not a big fan of opening my mouth and then inserting my foot later, but I have to say it is, it, it's kind of growing on me. They, the last episode especially, not, not today's episode, which is, I'm not even sure what, what number episode it is. The last one that I watched was they were in California hunting Sasquatch. <laughs> And Matt LeBlanc had the most, because he was like, oh, I'm going camping. And I was like, oh, I'm really interested to see what kind of car he's going to bring. Maybe it's something (laughs) that I'll want. And then he rolls up, was it an F-650 with a 28-foot trailer? Absolutely. And the truck itself was 28 feet long, too. Uh, Like, what? Uh, I can't, no. Like, that's not camping. But then he pulls out all of these toys, like the, I think they had an Alta which yep. was just merged with Harley Davidson, right? Or did yep. Harley buy Alta? I can't remember how exactly. I think Harley bought Alta. So they took those out, and both of them really loved their bikes. Um, ah, yeah, that episode was just so freaking funny. Like, I'm gut laughing at them. Mostly, and- it's Matt LeBlanc and Chris Harris, their interactions, because Chris Harris is so good at just being kind of a dick (laughs) (laughs) and matt leblanc is just like huh uh huh (laughs) and you can tell like he it's just the clueless joey 
and they take <laughs> digs about him being Joey on Friends all the time. And it's, I, I, I do, I kind of hate myself because I am too loyal to a fault. And I, I like Grand Tour. Like, I still love the trio of Hammond and May and Clarkson. Like, they're still my favorite. But I, I, I can watch. I can watch those guys. In fact, there's a new episode out now that I'm, I was going to watch, but I was watching something else. I was going to watch before this so we could talk about it. But I have to say, the, the most recent episode that I saw, um, which was the, was it Tokyo? Tokyo. I, I didn't really dig it. I was watching it and I was playing on my phone. I wasn't into it. I'm just like, I just, all of these cars are, A, they're ridiculous. I think they're terrible looking. And I've just never been into Eastern Asian culture anyways. It's, I don't know why. I just never got into it. So to see what they were doing with their cars, and I'll let you explain this, Kevin, because I don't yeah. understand it. You, yeah. you have way more, <laughs> way oh, more yeah. to say about uh, it than I so do. They, 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 of course, get into the post-World War II gang culture and how, uh, you know, ex-kamikaze pilots, you know, that survived, uh, needed a new hobby, and part of that was uh, building cars and modifying cars and doing illegal street races and stuff like that. And a lot of uh, some really crazy, crazy car designs and stuff come out of it. Uh, and so you'll, you'll see some of this in the States, you know. Heck, it's usually teenagers that are pimping out their cars, the exhibits and stuff like that. But Japan takes it to another level, you know, uh, to uh, ostentatious, to ridiculousness. Uh, and that part I find kind of fun until you go to modifying Italian supercars. And when they shown about 20 Lamborghini Aventadors that have ground effects on them and fake bullet holes and, you know, uh, rhinestones encrusted into the paint, <laughs> my, my heart broke a little bit for the Italian craftsmen that helped you know shape this aventador and little did he know the fate that awaited it when it got onto a boat and landed in tokyo bay oh you mean they're mad that the japanese made their car interesting oh yeah yeah uh that's <laughs> interesting is a good word um i did like uh the Le Mans car that Rory drove at the end. Really? Uh, did Did you see that? Oh wait. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, no. I will give you that. That is the only car out of all of the ones that he drove. I think it was his night in Tokyo. It was the only one that he drove that I was remotely like, oh, that's that's kind of sweet looking. <laughs> and he broke it. And he broke it, and he left it on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I'm really enjoying the new Top Gear. Uh, it's different. I, it's it's very, different. It's very different. Well, even Matt LeBlanc said, you know, it's we're not doing what they did. There's a lot of controversy. Clarkson is known for his lack of PC. Like, holy cow. <laughs> Some of the stuff he says, I'm like, how were you not fired, man? Uh, oh, wait, he was. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. He, he totally was fired. He totally uh, was. It's It's different. But 
once I once I got into it and I just sat down and watched like four or five episodes, the first couple I was like, oh man, the pace of this is really harsh. There's no flow. Um, it feels very disjointed. They don't know each other very well. And now, you know, when they went and hunted for Sasquatch, just the way that Matt LeBlanc was messing with Chris Harris, I was like, oh my God, you guys are such bros now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I like that it. Something... I do. I like it. That was something that was missing before was mm-hmm. genuine friendship. And that takes a while. Like, you know, the Trinity, you know, Hammond, James, and, and Jeremy, uh, they weren't, they didn't start off as friends, you know. Uh, they were just co-hosts, and they ended up becoming friends. Uh, I can see that happening now between Harris and LeBlanc, uh, less so with Rory, uh, because Rory does the extra gear portion of the show. Do you watch extra gear? I do not watch extra gear. Neither do I. Like, I, I did watch this last one. But I normally don't because it's the show is an hour and a half now instead of an hour, and I was just like, well, I'm not ready for another. I don't. I'm not ready to devote two hours to this, you know. And so I usually leave extra gear aside. But you know, uh, and that's I've a that's it. a show in itself. Yes, it it is. It comes after Top Gear. Oh, and see, so, I don't have a TV, so I have to watch everything online. Yeah, extra gear comes right after Top Gear. Oh. Uh, okay. On BBC or BBC America. Wow, the ratings on that are terrible. Yes, they are. 17% liked the show of Google users. Wow. Uh, and I think it's mainly because of Rory, uh, who is probably the least likable of the new hosts. I I don't feel a connection to him. Like Chris Harris... All right, dude, like you're a race car driver, you're hella handsome, you've got the accent, I'm interested. And he's very, he's got that arrogance to him, but it's like, all right, man, you, you, you've earned it. I know you get a little annoyed with him, like, I like being the first. You're like, Why are you bragging about it? Matt LeBlanc, I mean, Joey, come on, I'm a Friends fan. But Rory, I don't, maybe it's because I don't know enough about him, he's, He's an okay presenter, but I don't feel the camaraderie with him that I feel with the other two guys or with, why don't we just call him the Trinity? Yeah. I like that. The Trinity. Yeah. It's, it's like Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I can like him more. Maybe watch him more like him on his own. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't feel a connection to him. He's not Chris Evans. Thank goodness. He is not Chris Evans, because that is why I originally did not watch Top Gear. I skipped that whole season with Chris yep. Evans. His voice is grating to me. I don't like it. Oh, he still has his uh, his uh, radio show, too. Ugh. I Just looking at him, I'm like, mm, I'm not going to like you, man. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to like you. I don't like your face. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, Stacy's review of the first three episodes of this season of Top Gear. Uh, we'll see how we'll check in with her feelings uh, here uh, next time we record. Anything that uh, you want to say to our two fans out there, Stacy? Uh, shout out to uh, Drew and Rob. We love you guys. Thanks for your support. Uh, hopefully, hopefully next week. Are we adding one a week or are we doubling? Is that our goal? 
so uh, I think the goal is once a month. You know, so once every four weeks. Once every four weeks. Right. So we got yeah. eight years, eight years of this. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time we can do it in person. I don't know when you're going to be going to be back in the mitten. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll look for some uh, scheduling opportunities, too, to to get in somebody like Ben and see yeah. if he can. Uh, bring some of his favorite cars that he has lately test drove. Uh, was it the Chrysler Pacifica? I think was his latest. Which that, wasn't uh, wasn't that an SUV at one time or a crossover? And now it's a van. Yeah, something like that. What, what uh, happened? We'll anyway, talk about follow, that later. <laughs> yeah, follow Benjamin Raven uh, on MLive uh, or his uh, Twitter feed, uh, and you can see the different cars that they keep putting this very tall, handsome man in. And check out uh, check out Will Ben Fit on YouTube if you want to laugh for at least ten minutes nonstop. Fifteen minutes, right? <laughs>